Hello and welcome to the Nutritionist Podcast. I'm your host, Ismail Zuta. On today's episode, we have a guest straight from Cyprus. Her name is Barbara. She will be discussing with us holistic nutrition and beyond that, discussing all the elements from a whole systems approach. Everything from the social implications of food straight down to the individual actions one can take to improve their lives through better food choices. Now, I hope you'll be enjoying this podcast as much as I enjoyed making it. Remember to like, share and subscribe to our channel and also to check out Barbara's links, which we have so gracefully provided in the description below. We also welcome back any feedback you may have, any topics you wish for us to discuss. Please do not hesitate to leave a comment in the comment section below. Now, without further ado, take a seat, grab some popcorn and enjoy the episode. All the best. Welcome, everyone, to the Nutritionist Podcast. I'm your host, Ismail. On today's episode, we have Barbara. Barbara is a holistic nutritionist. And beyond that, she can uh, remember nutrition has been a part of her life from as long as can be. Barbara was born and brought up in Zambia, but now lives in the beautiful Mediterranean island of Cyprus. She's a qualified holistic nutritionist, earning an MSc uh, and, a mem- and is a member of the Pan-Cyprian Association of Nutritionists. She holds a certification in pediatric nutrition to assist uh, parents facing gut issues with their children from four months of age. She initially earned an undergraduate degree in business and finance from the University of West London and an ex- uh, executive certificate in management from Henley Management College. Working in business and finance sector for over 10 years, uh, and after attending an Anthony Robbins seminar in 1996, I was probably, no, I was negative one years old. (laughs) Barbara realized that she wanted to follow a career that would allow her to be more directly involved in helping others. Barbara belongs, oh, well, sorry, Barbara brings a blend of skills to her practice and teaching. For over 20 years, she has been committed to creating awareness about the hidden dangers to health. She promotes healthy eating, a healthy lifestyle combined with the Mediterranean diet, the raw food diet, whole food supplements, herbs, exercise, stress management, and advice for others to live a healthy lifestyle, providing them with healthy lifestyle tips. Barbara, welcome to the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I want to start off by asking you just a little question, which is, um, I was reading your bio and you mentioned within it uh, in your early 20s that a friend had lent you a book called Fit for Life. I wanted to delve into that book because it had a profound impact on your life. Uh, What is the book all about? Well, Fit for Life in those days, I think, was um, a very popular book. Mm-hmm. Uh, promoting, uh, I think, uh, a vegetarian diet, but also very much they also uh, into food combining. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had quite an impact thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, uh, the, the foods that you eat can impact your digestion, your health um, and how you feel. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was one little wake-up call that kind of uh started me on this on this little journey 
mm-hmm. rather <laughs> quite intense journey. <laughs> quite an intense one. I mean, it's been it's been quite a big U-turn you took, and it actually perfectly rolls over to the question which I had in mind, which is you meant as I mentioned, you used to work in finance, and you know it's quite difficult to assess you know someone who takes such a one eighty from working within one industry that is so you know quantitative and well, I suppose nutrition is in that sense, but I suppose your style is very much uh, that that sort of holistic approach. I wanted to know what what takes someone. Um, to go from being a someone who works in finance all the way to the polar opposite end, you know, becoming a nutritionist and not just a nutritionist of a clinical kind, but a holistic kind, someone who believes in the kind of the whole food uh, system approach. Well, it was a, a mix of things. I think mm-hmm. one of the things that kind of opened the door uh, was uh, going to an Anthony Robbins seminar and leave mm-hmm. the power within back then. Um uh, when I was very, when here, I was negative. A company one. here in Cyprus kind of approached a number of, you know, a number of us, and we were a, a group of Cypriots. We must have been about, uh, I don't know, about twenty of us that went to his seminar in uh, Geneva. Oh wow! And uh, the last day of Tony's uh, seminar was on nutrition, and he said, "Well, if you want to achieve your goals, um, look into your nutrition because if you haven't got the energy, how mm-hmm. are you going to, you know?" Um, go for them Mm -hmm. and so that last day which was it must have been about three four hours on nutrition kind of was an was an eye opener Mm -hmm. and when I Mm -hmm. came back to Cyprus I was so interested in the subject that I kept on buying books week after week week after week I'd be I thought well if you're so interested in it maybe you know um, get a certificate in it or a degree or you know I was looking into all sorts Mm -hmm. and at the same time I'd kind of um a dear friend of mine had passed away from liver cancer, and uh, uh, and then I had I had gone into a, a little bit about what holistic living is. You know, I had read uh, conversations with gods, and the holistic world a word kept on popping up that you know we're you know body, mind, spirit, or uh, you know, and uh, so that got me interested. That it's a lot more. It's not just nutrition that affects mm-hmm. our health. Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, you know, you could well be an atheist. You don't have to believe in an afterlife, but your mental state and um, feeding your your spirit, in a sense, things absolutely. that make you happy. That a lot of uh, a lot of us forget about that side. Oh, I absolutely mm-hmm. agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, I wanted to quickly delve into that uh, a little bit deeper and ask you about that that final uh, seminar that you went to, where it was about nutrition. Were there any tips that you took during that time that you realized, oh my gosh, is my nutrition not not good? And maybe there were there sudden were there subtleties that you recognized within your own life that potentially you were like, okay, well, um, you know, for example, I, a good example from my own perspective is, you know, when I first recognized that actually my diet was horrendous, you know, finding out like, you know, because I, I remember when I'd first gotten into um nutrition, I was quite young. And when I did that, um, I was obviously this young kid and for me, for example, sweets and um, binge eating and uh, probably getting into these really unhealthy eating patterns. I know I didn't recognize them until uh, the moment where I kind of had that that kind of light bulb Einstein moment where I recognized oh, a lot of my anxieties are coming from potentially that side of me where I'm eating so unhealthily. Like for I would have four or five. Co- I was 14 years old going to school, four or five coffees in my system, Red Bulls. And I'm sitting there in, in class and I'm wondering why my hands are sweating. I'm wondering why I can't pay attention. I'm thinking, do I have ADHD? But 
all these years later, I'm scratching my head and just thinking, of course, of course, I know now what it was. But what? So I kind of transfer that question onto you when you first went to the seminar and you recognize, like, oh, were there changes that you immediately noticed within your life, or were there changes that you realized that you had to make? Well, one of the major changes uh, was I uh, I stopped eating meat. Oh. And I did, uh, you know, the Tony's 10-day challenge back then. You know, I'm sure it might, might have changed by now. <laughs> so that was the first thing. I, I, you know, I went vegan for, for 10 days just to see what it was like. And, and I felt great. Mm -hmm. um, as far as my diet, it wasn't too bad because mm -hmm. the journey goes back to when I was about... Um, let's say about 12 years old, my father had to have um, open heart surgery. So in those days, my mom kind of said, right, we're cleaning up our diet. So as a family, we had already started this journey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, we might have had a little bit more sugar or sweets than, you know, than, than we should have. But generally, you know, we reduced red meat, we were eating lots of fish, vegetables, fruit, you know. So I can't say it was it was really that bad mm -hmm. you know so one of the major hurdles was uh yes was was sort of going vegan for a while wow um, I mean, you did it before everyone else did i have to admit it's only kind of a trend in the past what five years really yeah. but i feel like back in the in the in the late 90s it was such a new such a new trend because i mean vegetarianism was a big thing but uh, yeah. veganism was the whole new step i mean it was yeah. it was considered a, a whole a whole another level to it i mean um but i mean back then as well if i'm correct there must have been quite a few difficulties in going in going completely meat free to that extent where you're also not including dairy and whatnot because obviously you do have the fear of vitamin say b12 deficiency so how yeah. did you manage that through through that phase of like especially in those early in those early years of trying to try that out for 10 days and well, obviously it was only 10 days but well, what did help me along was uh, I did read a lot of books on, on, on becoming vegan and, you know, how to include, you know, the extra calcium or zinc or iron and, you know, different vitamins and minerals, B12, obviously, mm -hmm. um, into my diet. Mm -hmm. I can say living in Cyprus, the largest challenge was going to social events, especially family events. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've ever seen my big fat Greek wedding, the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you should. <laughs> For them, it's like, oh, vegetarian, have some lamb, you know, and that <laughs> describes it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it, for me, it was more so the, the, the family pressure. What are you doing? Or, you know, this isn't right. And, mm -hmm. you know, having, having to face that, um, that hurdle. But then, obviously, after a couple of months, you know, people got used to it. And then they would cater or, you know, I'd take some food with me to family gatherings. Mm -hmm. But with regards to um, creating food or cooking or making sure I'm getting all the right nutrients, it was... It was very exciting for me, you know, it's, it's an educational journey because you learn mm -hmm. how to cook new dishes, you make sure you're including different foods, you learn about different foods and what, you know, vitamins and minerals they have, so you can make sure to include them. Mm -hmm. um, and then just reading about B12, well, you know, should I take yeah. a supplement or are there any foods which do include it? And, you know, the pros, cons, uh, different studies. Yeah. And 
you know, and you go along, you know, and wow. that, I think that the vegan journey lasted about five years for me. Wow. And then as I went along, um, you know, studying and getting my degree in holistic nutrition, I experimented with different diets and found that the best one for me mm-hmm. that works well with me is more of a pescatarian type diet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I've always found that I am a, I am a sucker for fish. I do yeah. like it. I do like it. I mean, I'm from originally I'm from Algeria. So uh, I actually find that um, I, I really sardines, for example, are a big fa- factor of my life. Uh, we, Ooh, my, my father I and I sardines. used to. It's yeah, it's something that I can't get enough of. And uh, I remember when I, I gave a vegetarianism a go, uh, probably about two years ago now, I gave it a go for about about a week and I uh, I had to give up fish. And honestly, that was probably the hardest thing uh, for me. I, I didn't mind the meat part. I mean, I find uh, meat I can I can handle without. And for yeah. the most part, uh, you know, in this day and age, particularly, you can live without it, without much issue or trouble. Um, you know, I feel kind of blessed to be kind of in that generation that really promotes um kind of that vegan vegetarian lifestyle so there's plenty of options when i go to the supermarket but when it comes to things like fish there's no there's no alternative to to the real deal you know and so i gave it a go and it didn't really work out for me but i definitely recommend anyone who who does it and you know really sticks to it whether it be for ethical purposes whether it be for health purposes there are many different reasons why people take on these journeys but as long as they uh learn something from it i suppose that's the main point of it right um I wanted to ask, actually, I want to delve in a little bit more about you mentioned a holistic approach. And, you know, you were talking kind of about that kind of whole life approach and how it's far beyond just nutrition itself. It's it's actually within the mind itself. I wanted to ask you then, because it's a it's a term that I really have heard many different definitions of. And it seems to have no concrete foundation, which I suppose is the whole idea of it in some odd uh, kind of holistic way you know it's not meant to be grounded uh, like clinical terms you know it's not meant to have a, a concrete foundation but what in from your perspective what would holistic be to you what would holistic be to me that's yeah. a that's a really good question <laughs> I think holistic just encompasses the whole it means whole mm-hmm. and just seeing what whole means for each and every person but if we did start from one end it would mean uh, firstly, whatever has to do with the body, mm-hmm. uh, then we would move on to the mind and whatever branches out from that, mm-hmm. and then to the spirit. Wow. So things that that feed your soul or spirit. So it could be, um, you know, uh, painting, dancing, singing, having fun, whatever whatever that means to you, mm-hmm. uh, and then branching out further. Um, it could be a certain awareness, not only for yourself, but how you affect the rest of the world or the planet. Mm-hmm. So what you eat or how your actions, you know, could be the car you drive or whether you, t- you know, um, the, the foods that you eat, mm-hmm. whether you travel on an airplane or not, your carbon footprint um the products that you use the clothes that you wear you know it could be you know how that impacts you know uh who's made them for you and it just goes on and on and on you know how your life affects everyone else and the planet i really you know what that is a very 
whole systems definition i have to say that is a really nice definition and i suppose it does encompass yeah in that sense uh, what really kind of profoundly touched me there is the notion of the soul as well i suppose we always think as people that especially from my perspective you know working within a clinical background and particularly within a research background i'm often we fall short of that you know we fall short of that really human aspect of it all um and I suppose it perfectly transitions onto the notion of what food is all about, right? What is food really about? Um, some people treat food so clinically and it makes it makes for very unhealthy, heat, unhealthy eating in my personal yeah. perspective. It makes for food to not be enjoyable. I mean, yes, we can have limitations and we can set ourselves goals and we can understand how food works with us and try different things. But I find that um, I have definitely come across many, many different people who have very different approaches. But the one that I suppose I feel very devoid of and I feel very detached to is the one where it becomes very clinical, you know, where it's very much calories in, very calories out. It's very much just focus on this as if it, there is no other, there's nothing else to it. It's, it's solely what it is, you know, it's just numbers and that's it. And that kind of takes away the, the feeling of it. Right. So I suppose in some sense, I don't know if you ever had, I don't, there's a great movie about it. Uh, it's, it's called Ratatouille. Right. In that movie. And in, in there's, a, there's one scene that really gets me and it's the, it's the near the end of the movie. And if anyone has seen the movie, I, I you know, have, sorry, if anyone hasn't seen it, please, you know, mute this bit because it's a spoiler, <laughs> but the, uh, the reviewer comes in and, you know, he's trying, he's about to ask for the food and, the, the the chef the the rats <laughs> develops yeah. a, a ratatouille and then when the when the person eats it the, the the critic um he's transported back in time to when he was a child and his mother used to make that very dish and yeah. so it just goes to show that food has that emotional and memory connection right where we can eat certain foods and it'll remind us of our childhood and they can remind us of pleasant memories they can remind us of unpleasant memories and and it sort of explains as to why certain foods are grotesque in our hearts and why certain foods are not and I suppose that opens up a whole area of how do you then deal with someone who has very specific food uh, consumption issues or very like food neophobia or food fussiness. And it really does touch upon that. So I think, yeah, you, you really, you capture that essence very well. And I'm, I'm very, I'm happy to hear that definition. I think I suppose I've been asking that question for a long time and I've never really got a concise answer like that. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to uh, transition quite quite uh, perfectly onto the next question which is a bit about your work now you've been working as a nutritionist now for quite a few years and I wanted to ask then about some of the success stories and um, or maybe recent success stories from one of your clients and what do they look like you know working with uh, individuals obviously it comes with a range of problems and also a range of successes but I'm sure just as any other nutritionist as I have felt with certain clients that I've had once upon a time uh, there are some that really stick out in memory because they were just such a U-turn in terms of how, how they approach life, I suppose. Well, um, I think one of the success stories, uh, you know, a fairly recent one, mm -hmm. was a lady had come in with some serious uh, thyroid problems. Mm -hmm. She had a swollen thyroid and uh, oh. just various health issues. Wow. And uh, so what we did is we did a, uh, a food intolerance diagnostic test mm -hmm. just to make sure and see we, you know, what foods she was intolerant to. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I focus on in my work is I don't believe in a copy-paste meal plan for everyone. Everyone's mm -hmm. unique. Everyone's different. 
and everyone reacts differently to different types of foods. So did the diagnostic test, saw which foods she was reacting to, removed the foods, added in, you know, uh, supplements and um, again, worked on stress as well because it was causing her a lot of stress. So gave mm -hmm. some suggestions as to what she would like to try out, you know, whether yoga would work for her, breathing exercises, you know, taking a walk on the beach, which mm -hmm. we're very, uh, I guess, very privileged living here in Cyprus. Yeah, you're lucky. Yeah. 20, minute, <laughs> 20 minute drive, you're at the beach, you know. <laughs> and it's a nice beach. It's not like the British beaches. There I say, no, very lovely nice Mediterranean beach. sea around you. <laughs> And gradually over, you know, over the six months, you know, uh, she was feeling much better. Her thyroid had gone back to normal. Mm -hmm. We, you know, created different meal plans to help her, you know, because obviously you know, being a mom, having kids, social outings, and just teaching her how to maneuver mm -hmm. through all of that. Because yeah. it's, it's, you know, well, all right, you know, you, you're in your own home, great. But as soon as you go out of that, you've, we're social beings, exactly. you know? Yeah, yeah. And do you still keep in contact with her to this day then, I suppose? Uh, we do. I guess uh, I, yes. No, oh, that's amazing. That's a really good story. I mean, I perfectly then transitions. What was then some of the more challenging uh, aspects oh. of your role there must have been a few I know there were for me but I felt like every nutritionist has one <laughs> I think if I generalize on this one I might get shot by the male population <laughs> 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 but I find uh, I find um, that the men that come in that want to lose weight but are quite rigid in not wanting to change their habits Oh, you know and that's the challenge that's yeah. the challenge it's uh it's like well no i you know i like my beers well it's okay you know well do, do you have to have like two a day maybe can't we reduce it to maybe like three a week and it's like what <laughs> it's like it's like sacrilege to them you know it's yes. like how could you say this did you I just what <laughs> <laughs> So I can do. I can say that that getting people to see that well, if you want to achieve your goal, mm -hmm. you've got some things have to change. Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and often that change that is sacrifice. Is, that is it? one of the 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 largest challenges that I've got. Wow. I mean, do you know? I completely agree with the notion that there's often this um, aspect of change from within, right? So um, I've noticed that I've had a few individuals in my life that I've definitely I used to be a personal trainer even back in the day so I've done many different roles in my time but yeah. <laughs> one of the ones that really got me was I had a client who you know they had the will to change I suppose they came to me and they spoke to me about how they really were unhappy with the way they looked and they really wanted a change in their life and so that's the first step of change is recognizing that you want change uh, and so that was a great thing for me I recognized hey that's great for you that you have that so now it's about putting that change into action so how do we do that it's putting that into action. I find, and as a man, I can, I feel like I can say it, most men have that problem is we love to think a goal, putting that goal into action is a whole different, uh, different it's a whole different story. And it, because it does come with sacrifice often, sacrifice is a big part of change. And I suppose when you're comfortable in a routine and I suppose comfort becomes a big part of it, right? When you, when your lifestyle, you know, what is it humans hate the most is change. We do not like having to adapt 
to more difficulty well we'd like to adapt to difficulty we like to thrive yeah. in it but the notion is is whenever we're comfortable in a situation you now don't want to leave texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages message and data rates may apply reply stop opt out the pandemic has been hard on all our kids new studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help that's right millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the united states cannot read at grade level here's the good news your child can be reading in just 30 days guaranteed with hooked on phonics even if your child has been struggling hooked on phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed and right now you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 3232 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 323232 now text grade to 323232 duncan is ready for you to fall hard so when you hear those leaves rustling it's time to eat sleep and drink pumpkin at duncan with pumpkin muffins munchkins and donuts pair them with a classic pumpkin spice signature latte or the ultra smooth pumpkin cream cold brew america runs on duncan price and participation may vary limited time offer terms apply uh, even if that situation was adverse to begin with once we're comfortable yeah. in it, they just don't want to get out of it. It's almost like those, I don't know if you've ever seen those people who are addicted to a certain level of stress where, yeah. for example, when they're, when they extract, when they're, when you extrapolate them from that stress and put them in a calm room, they go insane. Like, they just don't know what to do. It's too quiet. It's too relaxed. There's classical music. I hate it. Oh my gosh. So I had one guy who had that and he was a, he was a banker. So it explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he really had a, a bad time in that, but I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on that in certain people, um, particularly for yourself working in, in that industry. I mean, you must've seen it yourself. Well, I think more so I'd like to add to what you've said, and mm -hmm. it's more so pleasure. Yes. I get pleasure from that. You know, I get pleasure from eating or eating a, or drinking my beer. I get pleasure from, you know, uh, having a chocolate. Mm -hmm. And I always try and say, well, can we create other avenues? Can we, you know, uh, try and see where we can get, you know, pleasure from something else? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, could it be a certain hobby or a sport or uh, and then if it comes to food, I always say, for example, well, is there a healthier option? You know, let's say mm -hmm. you like chocolate mousse and it's filled with fresh cream and, you know, sugar and, you know, I don't know. Is it, well, can we try and substitute that with a healthier option? For example, mm -hmm. you know, there's avocado chocolate mousse. So at least you're getting, you know, the healthy fats and you're getting antioxidants from cacao and you're, you're getting some goodness from it as well, you know? Yeah, um, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, there are there are aspects like that. I suppose it comes, it goes back to this notion of um, food, food fussiness, right? So I have certain people like who only eat a certain brand of chocolate and they, well, that's just not even yeah. a certain brand of banana. Like, I've never seen people who eat a certain brand of banana. They only eat chiquita. That's all they will eat. And I'm like, but all bananas are the same. And they're like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Chiquita bananas are different. I have to have chiquita bananas. But I'm like, I don't, you know, they're all the same, right? And there's no other different species of banana. They're all one no. species. They just won't believe me. They refuse to believe me. They taste the difference. There's something psychological there, which I, I suppose does exist to some extent, right? Once we're used to certain seeing certain things. Um, like, for example, I hate and I will say this without that. I hate instant yeah. coffee. I can't do it. 
I, 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 I has to be the fresh blend. I have to grind it and I have to make it the right way. Even if it's in a cafe tiered, I prefer that. But what I can't do is that freeze dried stuff. It just isn't Maybe, my thing. Is it the Algerian roots there that, that come <laughs> up? You know, like here in Cyprus, we have, we, you know, the, the Cyprus coffee where we get, you know, yeah. it's delicious. Brown it's... coffee and we cook it in our, you know. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. It's a Mediterranean thing. I think, as you know, I think also being from, you know, I suppose this is actually perfectly adds on to this next question, which is, yeah. you know, being someone from the Mediterranean, um, there is this area where I think of where I'm thinking, well, you're from Cyprus. Yeah. Surely in, within, within this region, the Mediterranean diet is so prevalent um, is my assumption. Right. Uh, but is that the case anymore is my question. Being a nutritionist, do you see the, you know, because in the West, well, I say in the West, in Britain and America and whatnot, they promote this Mediterranean diet as if all of Italy, Greece, Spain, and all these places, they, they only ever eat the Mediterranean diet. But is that really the case? Or are we seeing a shift uh, being someone who works within the front line there, working with individuals, are you have you noticed within the, within the past few years or even now, or has it always been the case that there's a creeping up of, say, highly overprocessed foods, excessive sugar consumption, and just bad dietary habits? Um, I have, and um, it makes me quite sad when I do see it because the Medit- the Mediterranean diet offers a very good basis for uh, healthy eating mm-hmm. for a balanced diet an authentic i would like to an authentic mediterranean diet uh, uh not the one that it has evolved to today mm-hmm. but we have seen that uh greece cyprus and a lot of the other mediterranean countries are on the rise with regards to obesity there uh and i can say that is due to modern living you've got mums who are really really busy they're you know going to work uh, maybe not having enough time to cook and resort to buying quick quick foods junk foods to feed their families which are overly processed high in fats you know sugar salt and that's where I come in with a lot of the mummies that come to see me. As I said, there are faster alter, you know, there are, there are other options. You know, you can make it work uh, if you just know how how to how to plan, how to put it in your diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of saying, well, let's go back to our roots. Yeah. Because it does, the Mediterranean diet does have a lot to offer. You know, you've yeah. got your pulses, you've got, uh, you know, your poultry, your fish, uh, seafood, uh, oh. eggs, you've got, you know, goat's cheeses, you've got the, you know, we've got nuts and seeds here. So you've got your almonds, your walnuts, pistachios. I mean, that's in our backyard, tahini, you know, sesame paste, which is absolutely amazing and very nutritious. You're selling me a dream. I'm going to have to move there at some point. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, even the red wine, you know, yes, have some red wine. You know, you can have a little bit with your meal or, you know, it's just not the overindulgence of it. I think one of the negatives of the Mediterranean diet is the the sweets, the desserts. Mm. You know, so we've got things like baklava, which is... Oh, yeah. 
you know, all the syrup and the... <laughs> yes, I, my mouth is watering just thinking about it. <laughs> so it's kind of saying, well, yes, with the desserts, you know, they're, yeah, they, yeah, they are traditional, but they're laden in, in syrup, sugary syrup. So let's just keep that to the min minimum. But the diet does have a lot to offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I well, this is it. I mean, it's there's so much research that has been done on it, yeah. and we know the benefits of it. Yeah. But I suppose this is something that, that I mean, a big part of the research that I've come across in my time is just how within the Mediterranean itself, within that whole region, it's starting yeah. to slip away. It's starting to now deviate, and it's not, and it's not like the Mediterranean diet is now spreading over and spilling over. It's the opposite, where now the Western diet is now spilling within the realms of, of say, you know, the, the Mediterranean region, which in the past had proven effects on, on, on better health. And this is why you had the old nannies who lived to hundreds of years old, and, yeah. you know, that's starting to slip away now. And, I, I'm, I, you know, you do see it more and more and more. And I suppose you really touched on a fantastic point, which is, you know, this big switch in kind of culture as well, where back in the day, you know, the mummies would stay at home and they would cook and whatnot. And there would be that kind of consorted effort from one household individual who would be that nutritional gatekeeper. She would be making sure that everyone was fed. And but now that we have like kind of this, this notion of everyone's at work all the time, but they're doing crazy hours and they're coming home and yeah, well, options are left on the table. You know, they're, they're, they're only, there are only so many uh, and fast food becomes the more viable of all those options. So I think that's, you really touch on a fantastic point there. And I suppose for any members of our audience listening, to recognize that you know the household in the one who's in charge of the, of the cooking should should recognize that you know whether it be the, the father the mother i think everyone should kind of get involved to have a day to learn these things and to to try and find a consorted effort to make sure that home cooking is kept to an absolute high while eating out is kept to an absolute minimum um so that's my theory as well i don't know what would you add to that yeah well in the in the mediterranean cooking is a family matter you, you know, everyone's in the kitchen, everyone's chopping something or helping to cook or and also family meals are very important. Mm -hmm. Sitting around together at the dinner table, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not just enjoying the meal together. You connect, yeah. you know, you yeah. speak to each other, you find out about each other's days, you know, and that's becoming less and less, whereas people are, you know, Eating alone, the kids, or just yeah. eating in front of the TV, and you know, not connecting. And yeah. I think cooking together as a family in the kitchen and then eating the meal together at the dinner table connects. It brings families together instead of um, tearing instead them of the apart. Opposite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you actually touched on a really good point. Food is a social thing. It's eating a is a social act and it's you know as social beings we need to remember that and uh i think it's something that no other nutritionist has ever really spoken of to me so i'm really glad we've touched upon this point because i think we always talk about healthy 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 all the time we forget a big part of it is healthy but not alone but not <laughs> alone exactly yeah, healthy with a group um some of the best dinners i've ever had are with my dearest friends and family and so that there's nothing that beats it there's no other feeling in the world sometimes there's that kind of you know that big melancholy feeling you know when you're sitting in the living room and ah, oh, he's like I was just feeling a bit sad you're alone <laughs> I remember when I was at university that was the worst for it but then during the during the holidays when I'd come back home and uh the first thing was you'd sit around the table and the dinner's out and ah oh, you know this is great this is amazing you know and there wouldn't even be the taste of the food the food was average I didn't mind the food it was more just the people that accompanied that, that you're the, with that you're exactly. with I mean it's so important to us I think oh. and uh 
for mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so if you are alone, get together with friends. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. if you've got a new, a good neighbor, cook a lovely meal, invite them over. I mean, you know, there's uh, you, connection with other people is very important. I think. Yeah. I feel like we're going to make a utopia with this podcast. I feel we're going <laughs> to, if the right audience see it, the whole world starts changing. You start seeing neighbors going to neighbors' homes. <laughs> cooking food for each other and it's just gonna be like a movie right everyone's just oh my god we listen to barbara initial podcast we now know we now know well come to cyprus you know <laughs> you have my word you have my word i will be there and if i do go over there i'll, I'll be throwing no, you a message me <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> moving on to a kind of a, a more a, a topic on on business i suppose and i know this is a kind of topic yeah. um but i wanted to know a little bit about sort of the primary tips you'd give for anyone out there seeking to well I suppose start on their own nutrition business or maybe someone who's just graduated because obviously our audience are nutritionists for the most part these are individuals who are seeking to understand better how to run their practices but as well as that it's for individuals to try and to recognize well what what, what am I doing what can I take on and what tips could we could I get from some of the best out there so what would you what would you provide as a tip would I promote as a tip? Just looking back on my journey, you know, Mm -hmm. I think uh, I did uh, open up a little office straight away uh, Mm -hmm. just so I have my base. And uh, it it was in a center. Mm -hmm. It was in a center. So at least that, uh, that helped. So I didn't have to go and rent an apartment on my own and pay all the bills. So I was part of another wellness center. Mm-hmm. And I would just work on, on uh, one of the important aspects is marketing yourself and seeing where you'd like to market yourself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whether is it is it sports? Uh, is it, for example, with me, it's um, with mums, busy mums. That need help, or you know, organizing their life, or um, and then gradually seeing how you'd like to um, put out that message. Mm-hmm. You know, you're good at writing, so maybe you could start a blog. Uh, is it with podcasting? Do you like making videos? Uh, um, uh, public speaking. You know, going yeah. to different organizations or schools, or you know, just getting yourself out there. I think being that's one of the most important parts to uh, being a nutritionist absolutely is marketing I, yourself this is very true i mean i say i see this so often with probably the majority of businesses out there and, and you know it can be nutrition or anything else where it's where someone doesn't have the capacity to really sell themselves or no matter and what i mean the way that is you know people say what does selling yourself mean well not like selling your, your identity to, to something you're yeah. not no it's about being truly authentic to yourself if you're if you are who you are take that bottle it and show it to the world and whatever you feel comfortable whatever medium you feel is the best for you if you are a writer as you say write blogs and if you are someone who speaks create podcasts we're doing it now you know Uh, and if you are someone who you know for example enjoys uh artwork create posters you know Uh, it's you know the, 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 the 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 avenues, as you say, towards marketing are just endless. And I suppose uh, for anyone out there seeking to, to start a business and they're seeking to what is the best way to increase my outreach? Well, 
I suppose the most important thing is I, I've seen a lot of people rush their marketing. They rush it. They think it's just something they just have to do. Oh, this is a side project. Because I feel like at school, right, we never really are taught that creative element within us. We're never taught to capture it. And um, unless if you have artistic tendencies within your early life, you'll never really capture that. You'll always assume everything has to be from this quantitative perspective where it's just, okay, well, I'm going to do it from raw numbers. I need to measure the numbers. I need to measure the numbers. But actually the creative aspect or the creative um, perspective is probably the most important because I know that I'm always sold on something, not on the numbers. Nine times out of ten, I'm sold on what I'm the the voices I'm hearing, the passion in the in the voices, the the beauty of the work. You know, Michelangelo's works were not great because they were just geometrically perfect. Maybe they were, but that was it's the it's the beauty of it. It's the it's what he's trying to convey. It's the overall uh, sculpture. And so, you know, we can do a lot of maths on the sculpture, and maybe you can sell me on the fact that it has all these perfect symmetries, but. For me, it's not this. It's not the 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 numbers there that get me. It's it's really just the, the marbling and the absolute amazing design of of some of the work he's done. So that's a really good point that you make. I would also just kind of like to add that you evolve and grow, and you develop your own style. So whether you've just come out of you know graduate school, um, you're working for a while, and you develop your own style gradually because mm -hmm. you evolve and grow as a person. Absolutely. and your interest and you try one thing or another and then as you as you get older and more experienced you develop your own style mm -hmm. and Absolutely. uniqueness what would, you say, what would you say is your what would you say your style is then do you, do you have a particular style that you've particularly sold on in terms of how you promote yourself um because i see your website it has such such an array of different um perspectives you have if you have a, you have an articles and you have you're an author as well, if I'm correct. Yeah. So you've done many things. You've taken many avenues. What would you say your favorite avenue has been personally from your perspective? My favorite one, and I think it's kept me going through all these years in the sense it's what I developed um, over time, mm -hmm. is a healthy eating or lifestyle system. Mm -hmm. You know, as we put systems in our work, uh, we can also put it in a sense in our nutrition. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's, well, let's say like basic seven steps. So what I, I try and teach my clients is, so let's say rule number one, include a fruit meal a day. Uh, you know, what does that mean? That could be in the form of a smoothie, just whole fruit, um, a little fruit salad, you know, add, add one, you know, add a fruit meal. Um, rule number two, one of your meals is a salad meal. Mm -hmm. You know, have a salad with a, with a topping or a couple of toppings, whether you want some you know, shrimp or prawns or chickpeas, you know, one of your meals is salad based. Mm -hmm. um, the third rule is uh, herbs, herbs and spices. They are so beneficial for, for health. And that could be like with me. I have at least three mugs of herbal tea mm -hmm. and it depends how I'm feeling that day, you know, you know, herbs and spices have different medicinal properties or Absolutely. benefits for the human body um the next one is exercise mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh what sort of exercise would you say is your uh your forte i'm assuming my so, forte uh, oh i love my, my is uh swimming Ooh. uh oh, swimming is my very 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 walking. <laughs> yeah i love that <laughs> You have a big pool in your backyard. It's called. No, the, no, no. We've got. <laughs> you got the sea. <laughs> We've got the sea, but um, 
No, there's a municipal pool, you know, it's a 50 meter pool. So we go there with a group and there's a coach where we do our swimming training and, you know. I'm so I'm so sold. I'm so sold on, on Cyprus. I uh, I know exactly where I want to go now, and uh, I think this whole this whole podcast is basically me trying to recognize maybe I should go into, maybe I should go to Cyprus. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's a really good line. Um, I want to finish off this podcast by asking you a little question that I've been asking all my uh, guests that have been coming on, and it's a little funny one that I've taken on uh, from uh, an old radio show I used to listen to um, called Desert Island Discs. And in that show, in the end, they always ask the content, well, the, the guests, what uh, three albums they would bring to this desert island to listen to. But instead of that, obviously, as this is a nutritionist podcast, I'm going to ask you if you if you're in desert island, three foods you would like to bring with you, uh, and a little reasoning as to why. So, do you have three particular foods that you would, if you were in a desert island? you know and that, that desert island can't be cyprus now <laughs> it has no. to be it has to be some desert island somewhere in the pacific let's say um and let's say you can only bring with you three foods and like i said the context here can be in any context so yes you have a grill if you want to grill uh that is not uh that is not to worry water a lot of people mention water and i understand water is a big one but let's let's assume water is a given <laughs> in this context so three foods that you would have to bring with you and why um, well, I think the first one for me uh, would be a so-called superfood. So it would be spirulina. Ooh, I love spirulina and it is jam-packed with nutrients and vitamins and minerals. And I think, you know, living alone on spirulina, that, that, that would be fine. Even if I, I didn't have another two, you know, two foods to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so that the first one, spirulina. The second one, I think I would go for something that's more like an anti antibacterial or antiviral if I did catch something. So it would be mm. maybe <laughs> it'd be something I'd be worried about. <laughs> so maybe like some oregano or I love that. I love that. <laughs> that's or here we've got uh, there's a there's a spice from from the Greek island of Hios. It's called mastiha, you know, and mastiha. that's quite good. It kills off, you know, quite a few things or helps with okay. stomach bugs and things like that. <laughs> um, so the third one, the third one I think would be just a nutritious food for me. So what, what mm. would it be? Um, mm. It's always I, tough on the third ones. Be, the third ones. Maybe some be- <laughs> maybe berries. <laughs> I like that. Good shout. Berries. It's a very uh it's a very interesting three <laughs> Imagine this huge three huge crates. They're being shipped now and they're in the helicopter and they're coming down and they got the they got the parachute. You've been starving for days. Oh my spirulina's here. Yes. <laughs> I would feel safer with it in my life. I think I'm covered. Just for the spirulina, I'm covered. You're covered. You're covered. It'll be good. Oh, thank you so much. My reasoning is that if I'm on an island, surely I'd be able to find some fruit or something, even coconuts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I will accept that within that context that there are other foods that are available within the island. Maybe I, just I have, have to, see to learn what... how to fish. <laughs> yeah, potentially. You know what? You never know. I've seen castaway. It doesn't take that long. If you get the yeah. spears right, you'll be good. 
<laughs> Barbara, thank you so much for being uh, on this podcast. And I really want to, you know, give a massive thank you to you. I know it's uh, quite early in the morning for, for, yes. for a lot of us, but um, we did very, very well. Um, and I want to give a little shout out to our audience. I'll be posting a link to all of Barbara's uh, social media her website and other interesting tips and links that she'll provide me that i'll also provide within the description of this video so that you can check her out and if you are living in cyprus i heavily recommend to pop barbara a call and if you're a young mum looking to have some changes within your diet you know who to go to now so there you go um i want to give a massive thank you also to nutri admin for sponsoring this podcast and on that note wish you all the best and have a lovely day Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. Before we finish, I just wanted to let everyone know that this podcast was brought to you by NutriAdmin.com, the all-in-one software for nutritionists and dietitians that allows you to run your practice efficiently and all in one place. NutriAdmin has been serving thousands of nutritionists, dietitians, and personal trainers since 2016. The software is rated 4.7 stars out of 5 amongst users. New features and improvements are also being added all the time. To learn more about how NutriAdmin can help you cut down on paperwork, create meal plans, and handle your admin work more effectively and efficiently, please visit NutriAdmin.com. We offer a 14-day free trial, and if you enter the promo code PODCAST50, that's PODCAST50, upon sign-up, you'll get 50% off for the first two months of your subscription. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was a heavy drinker, but I didn't recognize what the people closest to me recognized. I ended up laying flatlined on a hospital operating table. Somehow the surgeons brought me back to life. When your life depends on it, there's only one place you can turn. Karen. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit caron.org slash real. Karen. Real results, real care, real about recovery. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 